Last week, we began a new teaching series here at Covenant entitled, Three Things. The idea being that each and every week, we're going to look at one biblical word or concept or practice that I believe we are going to need to embrace and engage in if we are to flourish through the difficulty and the chaos that is 2020. Last week, we looked at the first of these three things. The first is the word church, and we talked about the difference of what is morphed from a biblical understanding of church, which is community, to a more modern understanding of the word church, which is a location or a building, and what it means to reimagine and re-embrace the biblical notion that we don't go to church, but we are the church, and what that means for our lives in the days and weeks and months to come. Today, we're going to be talking about the second of these three things. And what we're going to be talking about is the biblical process of lament, the biblical calling to lament, which literally means to cry out to God in grief and in sorrow. I believe that this is something all of us are going to need to do, and it is a muscle that many American churches have rarely, if ever, exercised. And I include myself in that. I mean, in the years that I have been in ministry, I have literally preached hundreds and hundreds of sermons, uh, uh, talks in different locations. Never once have I preached on the book of Lamentations. Never. It's never even been in the running for anything. It's never been like, should I talk about Luke or Lamentations? We'll go with Luke. No, I never talked about it. I am pleased to see that one of our Bible studies, we have some amazing Bible studies getting started this fall. The Presbyterian Women's Study is going through the book of Lamentations this year. But this, for most of us, is a muscle that we have not exercised before. I mean, in some ways, it it flies in like the cultural face that we're about. Uh, We want to be tough. We want to be resilient. You get knocked down. You pick yourself up. But I also think that there's a a theological reason that many of us in uh, in the church can struggle with the idea of lament or even knowing what that is. And and it's the idea, especially in American Protestant churches uh, and Protestant churches globally, that we are Easter people. That we know that there's a cross, but the cross is empty and the grave is empty. And as we proclaim this morning in in Will's baptism that, that love and life triumph over hatred and death. And because of Easter, we are a people of hope. And so when you're a people of hope, it feels like your faith isn't even strong enough. If what you do is stop in the middle of the pain and cry out to God in grief and in sorrow. It means that we have some kind of strange theology uh, around what it means to have and and endure pain and suffering ourselves or what it means to do so and walk with others when they're experiencing it. It's where some of our, our kind of pop bumper sticker theology comes into play. I was talking to a guy recently who was in a traffic accident, and it had been a pretty significant traffic accident. It had been his fault, and he had run into the car in front of him that had stopped quickly, but uh, it, had, it had undamaged it. both cars. Thankfully, no one was seriously hurt, but as we talked about it, he looked at me, and he was like, you know, the good news is I'm a person of faith, and so I think God makes everything happen for a reason. And I was like, yeah, there was a reason. You were following too close to the car in front of you. God didn't make the car accident happen so that you could learn some lesson. It's not that God's absent from it. We believe that God protected the people involved. It could have been much worse uh, in terms of people's health. We know that that, that God's going to be a part of the restoration of this and that God can bring good up. But this idea of like when we face something hard, we just immediately kind of flip it into this positive light. Or maybe you've heard this one. God won't give you more than you can handle. Or maybe you've heard this one. When God closes a door, he opens a window. 
It's true. But sometimes when a door slams shut, your fingers get caught in it and jammed and slammed, and there's pain. Sometimes when you've dreamed and prayed and worked for that door to be open for years, and it closes in front of you. It's a hard and indeed almost a cheap response to just have to immediately pivot to when God closes a door, he opens a window. While this might be a muscle, this idea of lamenting that many of us have not practiced regularly or even quite certain what that means or how to do it, we also have to engage that in the Bible, a huge percentage of both the Old Testament and the New Testament are full of people of deep and abiding faith, women and men who cry out to God as an act of their faith. What would that mean for you and I to consider that that call is upon our life, especially right now this year? One way that I've started to think about lament in my own journey is a term that I heard that it, is a, uh, that it can allow us to get current with God, getting current with God. It actually doesn't come from theology as far as I know it, but it was a term that I heard through a therapist that I was seeing with my father many years ago. <clears throat> Some of you know that my dad and I were very close growing up all through middle school and high school, but the summer after I graduated from high school, before starting college, my father announced that he was leaving, uh, our family leaving my mom and, uh, and leaving ostensibly me and my two younger brothers at least as we had known it. The shock of that as I was getting ready to go to college, the pain of that, the difficulty of that, changed our relationship forever. It started us into this cycle where we either didn't spend much time together, and when we did spend time together, it either was uh, kind of blowing up or saying things in anger, or more likely specializing in small talk. We could talk about the Masters Golf Tournament for hours in the same room literally there talking about that or college football and saying nothing of substance. Through the years, what that meant is we just talked less and less and less until one day we decided to get some help. We went and saw a therapist together and this therapist said that what my dad and I needed to do was we needed to get current with each other. He said that there's been places of pain that have happened and you guys got dislodged from walking on the same path and the same timeline with the same expectations and you never dealt with that. And so since then you've just been drifting. And so what we gotta do to get current, to get united with each other, to have a chance at restoring a relationship is we gotta move back towards those places of pain. We gotta name what those places of pain are. We gotta hear one another as we talk about it. We need to have the opportunity to allow the other one to respond and to listen and we need to have the opportunity to reconcile and forgive each other. He says, until you get current, there's not a whole lot we can do. And so my father and I spent weeks and months in with this therapist going through the process of getting current, which was difficult and painful and at times very humbling. But it transformed our relationship through that hard work, through getting current. I think at some level when we don't allow ourselves to lament, what we're not allowing ourselves to do is to get current with God. 
When we just pivot in these moments of pain and just go, okay, well, when God closes the door, he opens a window, or God won't give me more than I can handle. Then it just oh, kind of this flip where, where the, the questions or the doubts, or the confusion just kind of can fester in there. And we keep going to church and we keep going through the motions and we keep worshiping, we keep going to Bible study, but there's this callousness and this cynicism and really this disappointment that can become a part of who we are in our spiritual DNA if we don't have moments of saying to God, where are you, God? As we read in the psalm this morning, as Angie read in the psalm, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? How long, O Lord? In the year 2020, I think that this is something that all of us are going to need to do because we are experiencing loss, confusion, uncertainty, pain, difficulty. And I think that this is a year where for many of us, the power of positive thinking, just it's just not enough. There's just too much going on to just put on a brave face and say, God closes the door, opens the window. Therefore, we are going to be inviting you this week to lament, to write laments to God. So we see here in Psalm 22, laments aren't writing Shakespeare. Sometimes they are ugly. Sometimes they are ragged. They are a heart and a soul crying out to God in the midst of confusion and in grief saying, Lord, where are you? Some of you might already be writing a lament right now. You might be going, oh, I can lament if that's what we're called to do. For others of you, it might be more uh, confusing as to how to start or where to go. And this leads us to an opportunity for us to learn and grow. On our fall opportunities page, you'll see an option for online learning. What that is is a link to the Fuller Formation platform, a new platform that Fuller Theological Seminary has put out that in the words of, of one person I know is sort of a Netflix for spiritual formation. There's lessons and modules and videos that you can follow uh, that are amazing in their content. And we have worked out a relationship with Fuller where if you go through the link on our website, go through the fall opportunities page and just click the get started, they know that you're from Covenant and anyone from Covenant has free access to the entire library. You just gotta set up an ID and a password and you go. And what we're hoping is, is that there is gonna be a preloaded module on Lament that's there. If you don't see it, you just go in the library and find it. But it is a way of engaging even deeper in the understanding of the scripture of this practice. And it gives us some ideas of how we can write it. But that's what we want us to do this week. We want all of us to be able to cry out to God. You might not write it in one sitting. It might be something you write several different times as the week goes on and you reflect. But let's be a people who have the biblical faith of crying out to God because there's so much that's happening. I've gotten a little bit of a jump start on that as I knew that this lesson was coming. It's a powerful thing to lament. Maybe like me, you lament the isolation that comes in this time for ourselves and those whom we love. You lament for the child who after five months of the longest summer break in modern educational history and for the teacher and the administrator that our best response is learn online in a bedroom by yourself on a screen for hours on end so then you can do homework on a screen for more hours afterwards. You lament for the college freshman 
who got into their dream school and worked hard for that and got started in freshman orientation and a week later is sitting in their bedroom learning online for the foreseeable future. Lament for the husband whose wife is in a memory care unit. Because there's high-risk folks in that unit, for the last five months has not been able to see her face-to-face, to hold her hand, to pray with her, to see how it is that she's doing with his own eyes, not just on FaceTime. Maybe like me, you lament at seeing the continued racism and bigotry and oppression that is alive in the world. Maybe like me, you lament that the idea of following medical experts and science has become politicized and controversial somehow. And maybe like me, you lament that we can't gather together on Sundays in this magnificent campus, I miss being with you in this place. I miss this sanctuary being packed full. I miss the 1105 service being packed full. I miss our choir singing an anthem and all of our voices as a congregation singing in hymns and joining in liturgy. I miss the energy of the band at the 1105 service and the faces of people gathered together. I miss our students and children running around on the patio. I miss the coffee bar. I miss, I'm one of those fortunate people that absolutely loves their job. I miss you. Each and every week we worship. You might be saying, well, then why is it that this is what we got to do? This is supposed to be how we flourish in 2020. This feels like a downer. Why is it that we're supposed to journey into those places? And the reason is because when we do the biblical faithful act of lamenting in our grief and in our sorrow and our pain, what we do in that moment is cry out to God, but we also understand that we position ourselves to hear God's response. Where Psalm 22 comes most alive and where most of us have heard it is that when Jesus cried out on the cross as he was crucified and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was quoting Psalm 22. If you're not comfortable with the idea of lamenting, then we got to see we're out of step, not just with many people in the Bible, but with our Lord and Savior who cried out in pain. And what we see in that cry is that in the middle of that confusion, in the middle of that pain, in the middle of that grief, in the middle of that sorrow, that cry did not go into an unformed void and was left unheard that we do celebrate the fact that the grave is empty, that yes, you gotta journey through Good Friday if you wanna have real hope, if you wanna understand where God is. Sometimes you gotta name in that pain and listen, but the fact is, is that the tomb is empty, that we may be in the midst of Good Friday right now in our lives, but Sunday is coming. Sunday's coming. That we can affirm as we cry out to God that we cry out to the one who created us, who loves us, who is active in this world and who will show up again and again and again. We position ourselves to hear his response. No one sat there and looked at Jesus on the cross and said, God won't give you more than you can handle. But 
God responded as only God can and breathed hope into this world and into our lives. When we go to the place where the platitudes and the bumper sticker theology fades away in its meaning, it is there that we encounter God, that we encounter hope, that we encounter all things being made new. So in the midst of this year and all that it is, may we as a people cry out to God and may we get ready. May you get ready for God to respond. Hallelujah and amen.